All right, so welcome along everyone to this uh, next PharmaCast podcast. Um, you've got a different uh, presenter today. Uh, my name's uh, Jonathan Coulter, uh, the PGR director uh, within the School of Pharmacy. And today's um, podcast is going to be looking at postgraduate research and in particular focusing on the international student postgraduate research experience here within the School of Pharmacy. Uh, we have got a couple of um, PhD students with us today um, who I'm going to ask to introduce themselves in a little second. But the other uh, contributor to today's uh, podcast is uh, Dr. Neve Buckley, uh, our Director of Internationalization. Um, so if you just want to take a couple of seconds each, tell us a little bit about yourselves and we'll uh, go around. And So Neve. Okay, so as I said, my name is Neve Buckley. I am a lecturer and researcher here in the school and also have the role of Director of Internationalization. Okay, go ahead, guys. Hi there, my name is Akash. I'm third year PhD student at the Queen's University in the School of Pharmacy. I'm from India. Like, I'm kind of like enjoying stuff over here, doing research and enjoying life in the Belfast. Hi there, um, my name is Huan Huan Li. I'm a second year PhD student from China, and my research direction is about microneedles. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. So I think what we'll do before we get too much into kind of your experience uh, of being a PhD student and your time here in Belfast, maybe what would be a good thing to do is to go back over to our Director of Internationalization, Neve, and we'll ask you a couple of wee questions um, around about the size of the PGR community uh, within the School of Pharmacy, um, you know, how many different countries and stuff are represented and how do, where do we mostly recruit our students from? Sure, so um, as you know, the School of Pharmacy, we have a very strong track record and strong focus on both teaching and research. And uh, the school has obviously almost a thousand undergraduate students either based here or in, in, in China also. But at a PGR level, we have about 200 PhD or 200 PGR students. About three quarters of those are PhD with the rest registered as, as an MPhil. Um, in terms of where these students come from, it's actually really diverse. We probably have representation from between probably 15 and 20 different countries um, within our PhD body. And also, it's probably diverse in terms of what you'll hear later, the amount of different projects we work on within the school. There's such diversity from everything, as I said, from microneedles to bacteriophages, just representing two of the areas here. Um, and I think your last question was about uh, where we recruit most. We probably have a strong representation from, from India, from China, and also from countries like Saudi Arabia and Jordan. Okay, that's great. So another thing I want to just pick up on based on what you were saying there, for some of the guys listening, they mightn't understand the difference between the two different types of research degree uh, that's available within the school. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about the difference between, say, a PhD programme and an MPhil? Well, the first probably obvious difference is the length of time. So uh, traditionally, an MPhil will be probably about a year, um, maybe maximum up to two years. Well, a PhD tends to be more three years, uh, or at least between three and four years. An MPhil, obviously, then based on all of that, it's kind of a lot more focused, maybe with more 
direction given to your research? Well, as a PhD, really, it's about training you to to become an ind- more of an independent researcher. You probably actually start off the same, like an MPhil student and a PhD student very much start off the same. But then as time goes on and obviously your your research time extends and therefore your experience tends or extends, we'd hope that you know, the student becomes much more independent, driving their own research and preparing them for their next steps, either as a postdoctoral researcher within academia or within industry or really anything. Okay, so I guess what uh, a lot of the people who are listening to this will really want to know about is the perspective from the the students. You you probably don't want to listen to too much coming from uh, the seasoned academics. Uh, So maybe what we'll do now is have a little bit of a chat with our PhD students who are here. And Juan Juan, if I can start with you, uh, can you maybe tell us what it was that really attracted you to apply for a PhD project here within Queen's and, and specifically within the School of Pharmacy? Yes, so um, from f- I, I was supported by the Chinese government and uh, Queen's, the, their cooperated scholarship. So I when I first know that we have this scholarship in place, so I searched the um, Queen's uh, QS ranks. Obviously, it's very high ranked, and it's very important in for Chinese students to get uh, their career afterwards. So, and then I um, contact uh, Professor Ryan Donnelly because I'm very interested in the transdermal drug delivery research, and pro- obviously, he's the um, very prestigious professor professors in in the world so I contact him and we have an interview and we are both quite happy with each other so I just applied for Queens first and once I got the offer I used the offer to uh, go through the Chinese government application process and then I applied visa and then I end up here. So if I can pick up on a couple of the points Mm -hmm. that you you made there, there are a couple of things in that. There's the reputation, uh, obviously, of the university and the school. And then there's the reputation as well of your uh, research supervisor and stuff. Um, For you, if you were to rank those things, you know, is it the reputation of the university that you that you rate highest or the school or what? The the school of pharmacy is the highest in our research field. Uh, and, and what in particular was it that drew you to the microneedles or transdermal? How did you get into that area of research? Yeah, uh, interestingly, because one of uh, the professors in my master school, one of the process professors was was work, working on the microneedles too. So among most of their publications, they cite the papers from Professor Ryan Donnelly. Okay, that's very interesting. Thanks very much. Uh, Akash, yourself? Yeah, you want... Uh Mine was kind of like similar to her as well. Because see, like in India, we have N number of scholarship for the foreign studies. So one of the prestigious one, which I got like from the from my state government, that is Maharashtra state government funding for the PhD student. It can be given to the, the PhD as well as some research program as, and masters as well. The one thing that draw me, draw my attention to Queens, that was my PhD project because so see like uh, I did my masters in back in Germany and after that I went to Spain Valencia for my one year internship I was uh, 
I was I was working one project, but back then I did not know what to do. Like, see the project which I was interested. Like, if you see at the cancer, it was already going on. So many people working on that. The first thing which I found about the bacteriophage, it was in my undergrad school. There was just a small tiny topic. I kind of found over there, and then seen that like, okay. that's looking very interesting because phages were discovered way back before the antibiotics and that needs to be have some kind of connection or maybe interaction if you look at now still some couple of eastern european people they are using phages to counter the bacterial infection so i thought why not take this opportunity and started looking for some funding position and phd position and found the queens and when i when i back to the queens university like on a qs world ranking it was in something like 171 or 172 ranking which is like kind of like nice ranking not that best but like decent one and when i saw the school of pharmacy it was top 10 in the uk why not like nobody wants to work in the top school in top school in the pharmacy in the world so that was the first thing like you know who took me here at the queens there's a couple of interesting things in what you've said as well and obviously you've highlighted one of the big benefits uh, of undertaking a research degree as an international phd student and it's that opportunity to travel you've traveled quite a, a bit already you know you've done uh, your masters uh, or you've we've worked in germany and in spain and now you're in the uk um so that that that's quite interesting what about uh, conference travel and stuff like that have you had any opportunity yeah i have i have been to like so many conference back in, in like during my masters as well and during my phd but when you when you are in masters you don't have that much work to show you are just to go over there see how other people are presenting their work and to learn something from them but when you are in a phd you are you are kind of like becoming the independent researcher and you are over there to show your own work see that's my project i have done this this and when you show that you kind of probably find the collaboration with the other people that's the conference is about and that's the thing like queens kind of like provide to the other research student and queens kind of like provide the, the funding for the conference travel and as well so which is one of the nicest thing about the school of pharmacy excellent I, I think I'm going to give you guys a, a break for a little second, and I'm going to jump back to our uh, our, our director of internationalisation, and Neve. These guys have touched on a really important point uh, around funding, and funding will be really relevant for many people who are considering doing a PhD. Can you maybe touch or talk to a little bit around the, the various different? the ways in which our PhD students are funded within pharmacy. Yeah, sure. Like there's really so many different avenues. I don't think there's any hard and fast rule and probably if we look across our current students we'll see such diversity of how people get their funding. I was um for home students there's opportunities from our our government funding from DEFI. There's a number of of studentships available as said that they are restricted to to home students. We do also usually within the school and supported through the faculty offer um an international DEFI funded studentship. This year there was one it was highly competitive as you know you you sat on the interview panels with me. Um but we've managed to attract very or we had a 
a huge number of really high standard students applying for that. So as we heard already, we can have some students here who had come with some scholarships. These can work in a in couple of different ways. It can either be that the student has already secured the scholarship, um, maybe from their government or other areas, and then they'll come to us saying, are you willing to, to, to take us on within a project? Or it can be the other way in that the student can come approach a supervisor and say, I'm really interested in coming to work with you. Will you help support me to apply for scholarships? And all of those opportunities are out there. We, the other thing then, um, which does also happen, is we do have some students who are willing to self-fund or partially self-fund. So maybe they will either secure a scholarship or secure um, some alternate funding options and then maybe um, through self-funding make up some of the differences. So really there's there's no hard and fast rule for any of this. Um, there's lots of different ways of, of getting there. Um, for some people, it's it's a more straightforward route than others. But really, you know, I think the important thing is if you're interested, ask the questions, come and, you know, check on the Queen's websites. There's a couple of different scholarships um, opportunities um, advertised, but also talk to other people, maybe from if you're international from your country, from your from who maybe have had experiences who might be able to point you in the right direction. And also, as I said, talk to the potential supervisor. They might be able to point you in a, in certain directions of something that they know will be coming up. I think also it's important to say is probably start looking as early as you can. Um, for example, I know for the international DEFI and for our home DEFI studentships, the deadline was the end of January, if not even a little bit earlier. So really, I think you need to be starting to look kind of pre-Christmas for the, or, you know, really almost a year in advance, starting to look and not that everything has to be lined up that far in advance, but definitely to be starting to look around that time to give the opportunity for things, things to, to evolve. Yeah, that, I think that's great advice. And, you know, the longer you can sort of give the process and the more you interact with the potential supervisor and stuff, the, the easier uh, the entire application process should be. Which actually segues nicely, I think, into my next question to our students. I'm going to go to Juanman here and talk to you about your experience uh, of the application process. So how did you go about all of that? Yes, and I write I wrote, I remember I wrote an email to Professor Randonley, um, who replies to me very quick. And then we have a nice, nice chat and about our possible research direction and the, um, the uh, research that I'm interested in doing. So he's very supportive. And uh, I, I, I already proposed to him that I'd like to apply for the uh, CSC and QUB co-found scholarship. So he is very supportive and uh, he gave me some advice on my research proposal, which is uh, will be submitted, would be submitted to the Chinese government. So then uh, after talk with Professor Randonnelly, I applied uh, on Queen's website, official website, and I finished the form and then I got my offer in January, and I I used that offer to apply uh, in China, and um, it finishes in uh, the, the the outcome um, comes to me uh, in June, and then I got a, a scholarship, 
I think that's yeah the hope well, very good that congratulations for securing the scholarship as well you know these things are quite competitive process and it's it's important to celebrate all the little successes that you have in academia and securing the scholarship to do your PhD is certainly quite a significant one um, Akash what about yourself um, what was your experience of the application procedure so for application procedures wasn't that you know like tricky it's very s simple and straightforward so like when you are looking for some position what you what like other student do the same thing which i did go to the queens website or maybe any website from university see how much like project they have like what kind of project they have if you like something if you are interested just drop email to supervisor and the best thing about the school of pharmacy uh, as far as i remember like I dropped the email uh, back then I was in back in India and next day I got the email from my supervisor like here I do have possible project if you are really interested let's let's sit together and discuss so we had a kind of like virtual meeting with my supervisor and we kind of discuss about the project and we kind of both agree on terms look we this project kind of suits for both for us let's start the application procedure so after that like i went to queens official website and started like applying to in the official way like even though i had a like kind of like verbal agreement with my supervisor but you have to go through the official way and it was very simple and straightforward did not find any difficulties you just simple have nice form you just like type whatever instruct like you know information they ask that that was i got it into queens Okay, I, I suppose I have a bit of advice on the back of that as well. You both had a very positive experience in terms of very rapid response from the supervisors that you contacted. Uh, a lot of academic staff are very, very busy and have big work demands and stuff. And what I would say is that anybody listening to this, uh, if you send that email to the supervisor and you don't get uh, an immediate response, uh, don't be put off by that. I would send the email again. You know, don't give up on the first uh, on your first attempt if. if if something that you really are keen to do and you want to pursue. Okay, so that brings me on a wee bit. You've made your application process, which is fantastic, and you've had good interaction with your supervisor. Uh, you know, several months pass, and then all of a sudden you land. You know, you're jumping on board that flight. You're flying halfway across the world, and you land in Belfast. Um, what was life like for you whenever you first arrived in Belfast as a PhD student? And what, what were your own sort of personal experiences of, of that and of coming into the school to start a research project? Maybe Akash, we'll, we'll start with you again. Yeah. So it was terrible days when I flight over here because I fly during COVID. And we know that like after the first wave passed, India was like really hit hard during the second wave. There was no flight, but somehow like the Indian government started like, you know, flights for particularly for international students. So there will be not any, any difficulties for the, in their studies. So when I land here on the Belfast, so first maybe 10 or 15 days, I, I was in the quarantine. That was the rule for everyone. And during like, you know, during my quarantine, what I did, I just opened my computer and started looking at what interesting thing I can find in the Belfast. And I kind of made the list after after the, you know, after completion my 
like quarantine days. So here are the 10 things which I have to do. So first was like to visit the main building of Queens because it's kind of like very historical. Unfortunately, we don't have something like in in such kind of building in back in India. We have, but it is kind of like totally modernized according to the weather because we have very harsh weather. So first thing what I did, take the selfie and send that selfie to my father. And my father was like, oh, you are in the good side now. <laughs> and after that, I went to, I came here at the school of pharmacy, met, met with the supervisor. Like he just gave me like little bit tour, tour about the lab, like here we do things. And he showed me like two very important things to me, like on first day, one was city hospital to go and just grab very beautiful and nice coffee. <laughs> That's really important for the PhD student, really. And the second thing, Centra uh, to grab the lunch. So, and when I like, you know, started working over here, like after a couple of initial days, so I realized that like I need some kind of support. See, like whenever you are in the new place, you need something like somebody who just like around you. And the best part was that like my group is totally, totally international. See, like I'm Indian. My supervisor is Russian. We do have other two students. They are one is from Korea and one is from China. And see, like we always like in the in the meantime in a, in a break, like we always start talking on a, some random stuff about any other country to some uh, to place to visit somewhere else. And the time has passed, and like and realize that like there will be my first year differentiation and things going well and fortunately got passed and same as the second year and now I'm in third year I'm enjoying the life in Belfast which is lovely and the best part about the Belfast is not that much expensive it's it's student friendly it's pocket friendly and and the connectivity you see like Around the Belfast, like uh, there is a coastal line where you can just simply board on the train and just go somewhere, which is so like nice, and you just enjoy the, you know, see. That's the that's the best thing like about the me which I have been doing so far in the Belfast, uh, like including with my research. Um, Juan, I'm I'm going to ask you a similar question, but I want you to maybe focus a little bit more on some of the introductory sessions and some of that early information that you were given whenever you first arrived as a PhD student in the school? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, when I f f first came here, also uh, um, the same with Ashka, I uh, came at the COVID, so, but um, the Queens um, had a very big advantage because they um, well secure the fresh students with their accommodation because what I concern is the the, the most two thing concerned about me is the f the f accommodation and the food where I live and what I eat so um, like thankfully when I ca first came here I had a room secured in place and which is very affordable the price I have to say y y if you compare with other schools the price is very competitive. And then um, during my quarantine, the accommodation provides me with food, so I don't have to worry about or um, 
yeah, uh, cook my own stuff because I'm still in the quarantine. So uh, during that pr uh, time, my supervisor gave me, uh, have, we ha have several kind of meeting and uh, he sent me several papers too. And we discussed about the our uh, next step of our project. And uh, so during my quarantine, I was taken care of by the accom accommodation and um, I'm also progressing on my uh, scientific side. And uh, after that, after I finished my quarantine, we have uh, in-person induction in the School of Pharmacy, um, which provides the information of the, um, the lectures, the opportunities, the training we have, and uh, all the um, labs, the regula regulations that we have to conform with. Um, yeah, that's um, uh, yeah. W uh, it just occurred to me we have two inductions, induction sessions. One is from the uh, university, um, tells us about the um, uh, all the general things about our PhD, and uh, uh, the specific uh, induction from our school of pharmacy tells you um, tells us uh, what uh, requirement we have have to achieve to uh, in order to graduate like we have a differentiation and annual progress review it gave us a general idea and oh i have to accomplish those things in order to graduate which makes um me give me a little of confidence uh, knowing what i should do in my three years yeah i think that probably helps me to settle in yeah so obviously Obviously, what you're doing is no small task. You know, you've traveled across the world, you've come to a different country, and you're undertaking a PhD in a language that's not your first language. You know, that that's quite a significant challenge. Um, I was wondering if, uh, and we'll start with one man again on this one, and then we'll come to you, Cash. Uh, but if you can maybe talk about kind of what levels of support and stuff are, are in place to help you with that quite significant step of undertaking a research degree in a second language? Yeah, I remember uh, from the um, first week when we first arrived here, uh, we received an email from the School of Pharmacy said we have several English training sessions and uh, like the speaking, the reading, the uh, academic writing and uh, academic presentation uh, so that we, uh, we can sign up for and then uh, get trained. I think uh, one of the sessions I signed up for is the um, academic writing, and uh, which is very interesting, the professor. And then we finished that. I think that's probably the official training I take in, like, I take, took part in. But uh, except from that, I think I have a diverse roommates from different countries. We, we're not just uh, speaking uh, Chinese every day. We practice English a lot. And then I, uh, my supervisor, he, well, he's Irish, but he is very willing, very patient when speaking to you. And he uh, slows down his speaking uh, uh, speed. Uh, purposely so that you can understand and uh, make you feel comfortable yeah yeah that's true it's it's a bit difficult you know like when you don't have english as a first language like in india there are n number of language you just name it every 50 or 100 kilometer you will find a different culture different people and different language so when like because of that I'm kind of like used to with it to survive in a 
you know new culture and new place but when i came here my first major concern was my academic writing because you see like the normal english and academic english is totally different and i do have couple of colleagues in my lab like so they can help you but like you know every time they cannot just you know like take your attention on you is better you need to find some alternative to that so what i did like i wrote email to school and they suggested me like they have couple of academic writing writing classes for them and one of them which i attended and it literally helped me a lot to improve my academic english and along not only english like school runs couple of other things too for example nowadays statistic analysis is one of the major concern i did not know how to do that so i have been to that seminar it was like maybe one day or two day seminar so i took part into that and learn from that so not only these two there are couple of other things too like you just name it like if you have any difficulties during your like in your academics or any other problem you just drop the email to school they will try to help you and sort out doubt that yeah i think it highlights you know within the phd we ask our students to carry out a number of training hours usually i think it's about 30 across the entire 3 years but we really encourage students to not just so oh i have to do 30 hours oh i must do something but actually think about doing something that really will help them and it can be anything as said even for native english speakers as you said academic writing is academic english is very different to colloquial english we all have to learn that and the graduate school offer a huge amount of courses things like even working with a large document in word so when you have to come to putting your thesis together it's very different to writing a one pager like even learning that word can do your table of contents for you automatically if you know how to set it up right there's lots of tricks that you don't know until you need to know it so there's training in the graduate school and as you said then within the school then we try and you know listen we have um, i'm sure we can talk about the the student voice so our our postgraduate students we'll ask we have representatives from each year coming together and we ask them well what are the issues you're having you know maybe you know we're not going to be able to solve everything but things we can help with you know as you said i think statistics has come up as a as something people ask for help with and we've been able to you know find somebody to 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 put in place some training it mightn't be perfect for absolutely everybody but at least it's a starting point and we really want to encourage that and that's probably one of the the roles of the PGR director you know from Johnny's point of view is really trying to listen to the students and to the staff to make sure we're getting the best out of these opportunities yeah i think it's really important um for prospective students to know that you don't start a phd and then work in isolation for 3 years until you produce a huge big monologue that's submitted uh, it's very very much a team effort and we as academic staff within the school of pharmacy we listen to the voice uh, of the students and we try to um as much as possible uh, put uh, innovations and implementations in place to solve whatever the particular problems are um but i i want to just jump back to you neve uh for a second one of our academic members of staff and i want you to give us a little bit about 
your personal experiences of supervising international PhD students because you're you're well experienced in that field as I am as yeah. well but let's hear your thoughts do you know supervising students <clears throat> is it's so interesting because of that diversity every person is individual and one of the things sometimes it's about taking that time for you know it as you said earlier it's a team effort it takes a bit of time for you to get to know each other to know what works I know for me I'm the sort of person I don't necessarily need somebody to lay out lists of objectives for me. I need somebody to just tell me what do you want me to achieve at the end and I'll kind of work out the bits in between and that's how I work. But I know other people prefer you no know, you tell like you know I prefer you to give me a list of tasks for me to complete along the way. And none of it's right or wrong. It's just different people are different and different people prefer you know and work in different ways. I think one of the things definitely I am learning and I'm constantly learning <laughs> as a, a supervisor is to spend that time at the beginning or and throughout and have clear communication and just say, this is what I expect of you. What do you expect of me? And trying to work out so that people understand, you know, that because just you've sent me an email and I haven't responded straight away, that doesn't mean that I don't care. It just means maybe right now I'm busy and now I'm now learning to maybe if I know I'm going to have a very busy time, the ne next week is bonkers for me. I will tell people that in advance. So they're, you know, don't be offended if I blatantly ignore you. <laughs> it's not, you know, but it it's about that communication. And, you know, through the PhD process um, in first year, there's a number students are asked to create uh, to submit a differentiation report. That's a great opportunity for the student and the supervisor to work out how, how do we do this? You know, how does it work? How do you receive feedback? How do I give you feedback? How do you respond to that? What do I expect? What do you expect? What are our timelines around this? Because sometimes, and I, I do it to other people, I'll send something on a Friday evening because that's it. I wanted to get it done before I left work that week. But as somebody then receiving it, I don't want to get it on a Friday evening because I'm starting my weekend. But even if you just say, look, I'm sending it to you, but please don't look at it until Monday. You know, I'm not expecting you to, you know, while the other thing, if somebody said, I sent it to you on Friday, it's now Monday. Why haven't you done it? You know, you can see it's all about just having that chat at the beginning, learning how to work with each other. And it is, it's a relationship. You And people evolve in that time. People change. And as I said, nobody is the same and what I really find what works for one person mightn't work for the next person and so you're constantly having to adapt but again you have to accept that both people have to adapt and it's really about being open and honest and as well if people don't come to me and tell me they're having problems I can't help so I would rather somebody comes and tells me I have made a big mess of this experiment help me then not telling me at all and me not wondering me then going why haven't they come to me with any results you know so it's about that working it's a team and unless we work as a team it's not going to work it's also really important to remember that a phd is a training degree it's a training opportunity for you to become an independent scientist and as such as academic staff we don't expect you to know everything from day one uh, and so it's the people who try to hide the fact that they don't know or they're not comfortable with something that very often find themselves in the in the most 
difficult situation because they're not communicating and stuff with their supervisors. So open lines of communication are absolutely essential in a PhD and don't be under the um, perception that you know you need to know everything right from the offset because that's not the way that a research degree works. It's not the way research works at all. No. You know? <laughs> Um, so maybe what I want to do now is just take a wee step back from the research angle and I want to focus on, a little bit on your life uh, here in Northern Ireland um, and, and the reason that I want to do that is because I'm, I'm cognizant of the fact that a lot of people who maybe listen to this might be listening to it, you know, considering moving to Belfast. So what did you actually know about Northern Ireland before you, you came to Belfast? Honestly, I did not know anything about the Belfast because like still like, I mean, I was considering the Belfast is a part of Ireland, but not. It's a part of UK. It's a, it's a different country, Northern Ireland. I just don't want to go back to into that political <laughs> side. <laughs> That's wise. <laughs> but living here in the, in, in the Belfast, it's lovely, honestly. I mean, for student, what what student expect? It shouldn't be that much expensive, right? It should be like very pocket friendly, and you need some couple of things to just explore, and super connectivity. What else? And one thing, like um, since I like know that like I'm a huge football fan. And I do support Manchester United. And I must tell you that if you travel to Old Trafford, you'll find the statue of three people. And one of them was a George Best. And he was from the Belfast, honestly. And I did not know before that when I came here and landed like, welcome to George Belfast Airport. And I was like, yeah, I'm on the right place. <laughs> And see, honestly, it's it's a lovely place to live in. Well, when I before before I came here, I searched online about Belfast. Uh, previously, I, I I don't I have no idea of what kind of place this this is. But uh, according to Chinese social media, they they said it's a very uh, quiet city and a safe city, and the cost of living is very uh, um, cheap. So. I and um, th that's what I wrote on my proposal when I applied to the Chinese government uh, scholarship, and they all agreed because they since they gave they gave me the uh, scholarship, and also uh, about my my personally I am a. Um, I'm a, a gym person, so I go to the gym very often. Uh, and the um, accommodation provide me with free membership to the gym, so I went there every day. And uh, other than that, I spend time with my friends in the uh, um, natural parks. Um, I have to say that uh, Belfast have a very beautiful natural review, um, in like the Highlands Bay, the um, Bangor. They are near to the beach, and uh, you can enjoy the bro brace while uh, 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 walk along the coast and uh, I, I think the school and the accommodation also provides us with tours around and uh, get together like the school pharmacy provide us with formal and uh, Christmas dinner and some uh, lunch droppings to help us strengthen the communication with each other with peers um, and uh, yeah I think that's probably more my 
life part. That's great. Um, so I don't want to keep you guys back from your research any longer, <laughs> any longer than necessary. So I think we're probably going to wrap this up quite soon. Um, but my final question. Sorry. Maybe can I add something to that? Yeah. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, a couple of minutes ago, you just Johnny, you just mentioned about the the uh, the interaction between professor and student, PhD student, right? Mm -hmm. So see, the best thing about the school, international student, they have to do at least ten formal meetings in the month, and I know that like supervisor are they are extremely busy, right? Even they will not like straightforwardly reply to your email, but you have to have at least one meeting in a month. So maybe in a one meeting, like you can discuss your all your problem in your supervisor. So I guess like that's the best thing which I found about this school. So that's the thing which I just wanted to mention that. I would say that you will have that um, formal monthly meeting, but I would suspect that both of you, uh, if it's anything like myself, you probably have lots of informal sort of drop-in meetings and stuff yeah. as well with your supervisors to kind of get guidance and stuff on a on a day-to-day -day basis if you yeah, need it yeah. if you need it um anyway sorry right we'll, we'll jump back to the the last question that i was going to ask you so um say imagine the prospective students that's listening to this what would be the one piece of advice that you would give any student who's thinking about applying to come for a PhD here in the School of Pharmacy at Queen's? For me, I think the uh, most precious lesson I've I've learned during my uh, two years, uh, if I'm allowed to say so, PhD life, I, um, is that communication. No matter communication with your supervisors or your colleagues. And so, in for example, in our lab, we have a lot of um, PhD, uh, the postdocs from different uh, research directions they are very talented so if I whenever I encountered with problems I would uh, have a my, myself and uh, my supervisor would uh, suggest me to discuss with them and after during that discussion I would uh, find something very interesting that that I've never heard about and they are they will never uh, hesitate to give you a hand when you need help. So I, I think communication is very important whenever you have problems. Don't keep it to yourself. Uh, discuss with that your with your supervisors and your colleagues. At the, my advice will be just do not hesitate to come to Belfast and study at the Queen's, honestly. Because studying at the Queen's, in particularly in the School of Pharmacy, it is one of the best school in the world for the pharmacy so why not like and here you can focus on your both stuff including your research and your personal life your life can be balanced easily honestly just do not hesitate and come to Queens at school of pharmacy work-life balance is obviously uh, very very important um so just before we finish up neve have you any final thoughts for us anything else you want to add I think really just, I suppose, be come and talk to us, ask questions, get in touch. I think what we've all spoken about, communication is key. And mm -hmm. there's no, you know, just get in touch if you have any questions. And for people within a PhD, you know, within Queen's, you know, our current students, again, ask questions. That's the only way you'll get an answer. Okay, so 
with that, I'd like to thank you all for your time. Thank you for participating uh, in this podcast. I hope you guys find it uh, informative and useful. And with that, all the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny.